0: We're not live, but we're, like, vibing. (laughs) We're not live, but we're recording. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Hello, You are listening, to Are you in love, or um, the one-year anniversary edition, I guess? Question mark. Which is a bit odd. It's like the the big celebration
1: anniversary dinner we should have gone on, except we're sitting over Zoom on a Friday night with our cats in our rooms. And, uh, yeah, celebration time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah my cat is sitting my cat is my cat is sitting in a chair in the corner just kind of staring at me so I think that might be an omen an omen for
1: for how this is about to go um so May yeah us. we just wanted to re-record this episode because we're aware the quality of the first one is
0: um interesting say.
1: it's a bit crunchy it's a bit uh crinkly she's a crunchy a, girl but that's okay a, it's a we bit, like, it's a bit, um yeah, it's a bit crunchy. It's a bit, uh, it has a texture. The sound, you can feel it almost when you listen to it. And that is my own sound engineering skills letting me down. But at least, like, we have Zoom to record on now.
0: At least, like, it's kind of feasible. It's Zoom is surprisingly good. Like, anytime you've recorded off Zoom, the audio quality, chef's kiss. Like, you've no, recorded radio that's plays that's on Zoom, haven't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and like the like, audio is pretty good yeah no like the audio has been like stunning I mean as audio over the internet can go it's a lot it, better than yeah. I expected yeah
1: like because when we do the radio show it goes through Mixler and there can be delays like in the phone so at least over Zoom it's like we know when the delays are gonna happen plus I think Zoom is just strong enough on its own in comparison to like over the phone or FaceTime because like it doesn't really buffer and when it buffers the sound at least when we record it's just it's so smooth but this is not a paid advertisement for Zoom. I think we need to emphasize that like straight away. Hashtag Zoom, spawn. I, if we got a hashtag spawn from Zoom I I okay first of all, I would have bought those those uh, supposedly hideous tights as I as I uh, someone swiped up in my story to say because I've been thinking about like buying a pair of really expensive tights recently and this has nothing to do with the show but like I just really like the idea of having monogram tights and Lucy voted no on my poll and I just kind of want to call her out and ask why oh
0: like no I will fully be like yeah I voted no because I cannot justify spending that much money 90 sell, on 90 a- euro definitely rip after wearing them once like I cannot justify it like apparently, apparently they really sharp- <laughs> I will get a sharpie and monogram your tights for you if you're really. There. You'll, you'll monogram my legs. Yeah, I'll monogram look. your legs. You'll take the... them off and the monogram will still be there, and you will get your money's worth. Okay, okay, fine. You've convinced see, me. It's just see, like- the thing is the thing is you could definitely get like the same pair on AliExpress for like two euro is the thing.
1: You you're probably you are probably right. I'll look up a d- discounted uh. Burberry tights after the show it's just like I don't know what it is but I'm so easily influenced by what influencers wear you know and I just I like not that I have like a copycat style but I see something cool and I just like fantasize about it almost I'm
0: like what I need it that's, that's so funny I'm literally the opposite like yeah. I cannot express how much of it I'm, like to the point where I'll see an influencer wear something and be like well guess I can't wear that anymore guess I'm burning this piece of yes cl- I'm burning this piece of clothing and it's not that I have anything against influencers or that I have a superiority complex well mm, do I that's a question for another day um it's so that like I don't know when I I just oh I'm just weird when it comes to clothes because I have like very like I um, the queen of Pinterest I feel like everyone is I feel like everyone just loves a bit of Pinterest but mm-hmm. like my like Pinterest board is just full of outfits but the thing is I'm really frugal so I can never justify spending money on clothes unless it's from like a charity shop or like secondhand because I'm like well I got a bargain so yeah. if I see something I
1: love I always check to see if it's on Depop first if I see a top from a fast fashion brand that I really like. I'm like, I just I would just want to try and see if someone has, has it in my size on Depop. And I'll, so most of the time I'll just pay the little bit extra that they might be looking for because it's like, they're just looking for money. And it's just like, we're all, we're all students trying to make money on Depop <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but anyway, so back onto the topic because we went off on a tangent. It's our one year anniversary um, and we asked on our Instagram um if you guys would like to because we did this for our very first episode and because we're re-recording it we asked like for some questions about us and assumptions about us and like some true or false questions because it's been a recent trend with a lot of influencers and even though we don't think of ourselves as that um we know that we don't really like we we interact with you guys but you never really hear a lot about our personal day to dayness, and I guess maybe you make assumptions off the things that we post or how we come across on Instagram so yeah we just thought it'd be cool to to play this little game and of course um we're going to do our, our traditional format of the other reads the things about the the other person so the the Ooh, other person gets to react <laughs> so I, I get to read the ones about Lucy and I'm excited so Lucy the assumptions about you. Um, you hate
0: being called cute. I think I think I know who commented that one. See, I saw it um, and I saw that it was from an account that you wouldn't expect it to, to be from that mm-hmm. multiple people are on. So I think I know who it is. Basically, the answer is yes and no. I hate being called cute, as in I hate someone referring to me as cute. If someone calls my clothes cute, my hair cute, my makeup cute, lovely that's so nice okay. such a nice compliment but when someone refers to me as cute I feel really weirdly infantilized because the only time I hear people say like cute in a genuine way is when they're like talking about like a puppy or a kitten or like a baby and for some reason when someone refers to me as cute I'm like I am not a child um, but the thing is the reason I'm like I think I know who this is is because I went on a bit of a rant about it the other day um, <laughs> because someone called me cute and the thing is is that it was fully well-intentioned it was obviously not intended to make me feel like a child but for some reason yeah like it wasn't meant to be offensive it's just like no little... but I, I don't know why like there's certain things that make me uncomfy uh-huh. like being caught like one of my acts like if I did something and someone was like oh that's so cute I'd be like okay well I guess I'm never doing that thing again because it just feels like really like ugh, I don't know why that i being called hun like in a genuine way is unless it's like a woman that's like 50 years my senior I don't want to be called hun you
1: know that kind of way that's that's fair no because like I hate people calling me sweetheart but I call everyone sweetheart Or like, you know, like I, I think I accidentally use really like almost patronizing language, but I think it's just kind of cute sometimes. But I wouldn't go out of my way to say like, oh, like they're so cute. I would say that's so cute. Yeah, I see see what you
0: mean. There's a distinct difference. Like the thing is, if someone was like, your outfit is so cute, I'd be like, fuck yeah, thank you. That's so nice. But there is a distinct difference from calling something that you can control as in your hair, your outfit, your makeup cute mm-hmm. versus your entire character cute there is a difference and I find it like never intentionally patronizing but sometimes it can feel patronizing and mm-hmm. see the thing is I actually like um cheeky fun fact about me I have a spam account on Instagram that I use once every four years um, mm-hmm. and I put a poll up on my Instagram spam account and I was like does anyone else feel uncomfy when they're called cute and everyone was like no I absolutely love it and people were replying to my story being like I don't What's what's the problem? And I was like, maybe I'm just a bad person. <laughs> but thing is, I think it's the same. Like, it's the same with certain compliments where they'll make me comfy if you refer to my entire person as one compliment. Whereas mm-hmm. if you refer to like my clothes or I don't know whatever as one compliment, it's kind of different.
1: Yeah, I get you mean. And just like speaking on control and perception um another assumption was you half adore Instagram and half wish you weren't on it at all and I think that is completely true for you (laughs) I I
0: feel like I've been perceived um see I will like I will be the first person to put my hand hands up and say I like having a nice Instagram feed not to like impress people or anything it's like for me okay how do I explain this concisely so for me Instagram is more of like a place where you get to share art and pretty aesthetic things and that kind of vibe and before everyone drags me yes I'm aware most of my Instagram is my face I promise I'm not conceited I just live on my own without anyone else to take pictures with so anyway moving on from that point I enjoy Instagram as like from like an aesthetic point of view but the actual kind of like social media aspect of it where like everyone feels like they have to one up each other or like present this perfect version of themselves. I mm, I don't I don't know like and also I'm beginning to hate Instagram because it's just growing into this like shopping app. Like when they I don't know Eva what you think but when they moved the mm-hmm. like in infra- what what is it like your like likes and comments and all of that and put a shopping page instead. I was like mm because the thing is when I was a kid like I'm saying that as if I'm really old but when I was younger like 13 14 15 like me and a bunch of my friends would always have joined Instagram accounts where we'd like post like aesthetic pictures yeah I was one of those people but like aesthetic grunge pictures obviously guys don't don't judge me um <laughs> I watched skins once okay but <laughs> is, that, is that like it was like out of enjoyment because we thought it was like pretty and Instagram was a lot more accessible back then it was a lot easier for you to like go viral on Instagram and I'm kind of using air quotes there because there's never really been a thing in Instagram but like it's so much easier it was so much easier for you to get engagement whereas now I think they're just like they're like kicking content creators in the teeth and the thing is I know a lot of people use Instagram casually like they don't care about this kind of thing but like Instagram as a platform fascinates me so much and I love like the analytics and the stuff behind posts and what gets engagement and what doesn't and I feel like Instagram was just like you know what engagement out the window as soon as I got got rid of chronological order it's just all been downhill from there
1: no remember when Instagram tried to bullshit us with the swipe feed the carousel feed
0: that one day that's so funny to me because that lasted like two hours and then
1: I panicked I my I I actually was like I'm um, I'm deleting Instagram I'm 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 gonna have to find a new social media app to be like good at I I fully was just sitting there it like I think I was hungover as well so it was like double like the panic where I was like thought I was hallucinating because I had the fear so bad and I was like I but the why why spinny why, why spinny feed and I just I couldn't why do this it. Why, <laughs> why why
0: why swipe why swipey. I think, I think I am part of Instagram's beta program, which sounds really fancy. It is not. It also um, sounds like you've a little bit of a God complex list. Well, maybe I do, leave me alone. No, I think I'm part of Instagram's beta program for the fact that I seem to get a lot of the updates like months before most people I know. Like mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of social media apps is do, they will randomly select people for some of their programs oh my voice broke there for some of their program basically and they will get the updates first Mm -hmm. instagram will then gauge how much they're engaging with the app any reviews they get from the app that kind of thing and like these are totally like randomly chosen but the thing is i had like the the shopping fucking thing on my instagram like months months before anyone else and i was complaining about it and everyone's like what were you talking about and the thing is it's not it's literally just my account because if i go onto the are you two in love or account it changes yeah changes like, or depending it on the account changes. i'm
1: on um, it
0: changed the like
1: different settings that i have changed like the animated text thing i only have on like two of my um, accounts yeah. that i run
0: i'm the i'm the exact same like the thing is is that i've also gotten updates that haven't been like made like haven't been like what's the word I'm looking for like officially put into place. So like I've gotten weird updates that they they would get rid of. So like things like stories changing, stories almost being in a carousel mode. I don't even know how to explain it. But like that's why I'm convinced, like fully convinced that Instagram has me selected for their list, their list of people they want to torture first. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just a weird coincidence because on every other account like totally chill totally normal gets the updates at, every, at the same time as everyone else but on my own account Instagram's like girl we're gonna treat you and I'm like Instagram <laughs> stop it stop it please um, and so your your last assumption
1: is that you are the prettiest woman alive and I have to say I do think this one
0: is true okay divisive opinion but I'm gonna say no mainly for the fact that I am speaking to Eve Obern. Right okay now. shut up so
1: for those who are listening <laughs> to this as the first episode um we are called are you two in love war because we were what we thought of having we were thinking of names for a radio show on Trinity FM all the way back in like December uh 2019 oh my god oh my god yeah <laughs> two, two years um and so we were walking in town it was like kind of raining it was like winter vibes and this guy approached
0: us on Grafton Street and he said are you two in love or or like no he literally he oh I remember it so well he's such a swagger about him he was like <laughs> so he was he was definitely like 100% American I couldn't place exactly where the accent was from but American nonetheless and he was like so uh, are you two in love or like are you just getting it on or like do I have a chance here and like it was so funny because that day we had spent the entire day like trying to figure out like we're doing the show what the fuck are we gonna call it we loads Mm -hmm. of ideas they were all shit like I mean they were so (laughs) bad some of them were like decent enough but like yeah but they weren't like iconic or didn't have a story they weren't like oh that's the name and the man said it to us he likes, it, it's, it's like God himself. We manifested a name. We you know? manifested a name from a random man on the street and wanted to get his bit. So, unfortunately. And it was it. just, it was
1: from that misperception that we were just two lesbians out on a walk.
0: <laughs> no, it happens. happens to the best of us. Honestly. Out. I was just like, because when he said it, we were like, we kind of looked at you we were like, oh, that's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> like, like i think i think we found the name because we were like in tears laughing because this like the thing is i wish he'd like stopped and said this to us but he was walking by and he just kept going yeah he no yeah he didn't stop left. and it was just like a because like we, we knew it was directed at
1: us because he looked at us and said like are you too like it was definitely like yeah us. And we were like, huh? it, we're, it was very much a yeah, it was just like when those maybe it was like a time traveling moment and it was like someone we know time traveled back um to Grafton Street in twenty nineteen to tell us the name of our show. Like maybe it's a giant conspiracy, who knows?
0: And you know what? <laughs> he was doing God's work. So thank for it. Gosh. But you know it's crazy because the thing is in my brain, like it's still twenty twenty in my brain. Mm-hmm. In my brain, like twenty nineteen was like 10 minutes ago so when you were like yeah December 2019 I was like are you you mean last month (laughs) what um time isn't real anyway so more importantly yes on to Eva's assumptions
1: I think mine are just going to be like you are a cunt and I'll be like yep
0: (laughs) um so this is I'm I'm not going to tell you who this one is from it may or may not be from me Evo Burn is smelly. Um, True, I,
1: I, I stink of perfume, certainly. I am a fanatic for body lotion. <laughs> um, like, I know every day I am such a big... I, am, I believe that like if you treat your skin well when you're young, you'll have good skin for the rest of your life. And I admittedly did not take good care of myself the first 20 years of my life. And now that I am approaching 21 and I'm about to shrivel up according to societal standards... Um, I have started to to, like I am like Cleopatra in body lotion baths and just like slapping on the like perfume and making sure that, you know, everything that I'm using is is good and good for me. Um, So smelly in the sense of maybe I wear too much perfume.
0: um that definitely wasn't for me I promise um no but for some reason when you were like oh if you treat your skin good I thought you were going to say you will have skin in the future and I was like Eva are you telling me I'm just gonna lose all my skin yes (laughs) you you will shed
1: your skin like I will shed
0: I mean no word of a lie (laughs) that's all I'm going to say so this assumption isn't even an assumption it made me laugh so much because it's not related at all someone responded to the box with not sure what your opinion on me is oh i kind of of get this though because it's like
1: i am i'm a little bit elusive with what i really think of people um and i think i'm very good at being nice to people on a professional basis but i may not like you as a person um because like I have to have a working relationship with you
0: yeah but the thing is is that I like I'm not I mean I'm never professional let's make that clear first of all but like I do say that to people that I will always always be um polite and courteous and professional with someone regardless of whether or not I like them Mm -hmm. and people have genuinely told me like oh that's really fake and I'm like Just because I disagree with someone or don't like them doesn't mean I can't treat them with basic human respect. Yeah, that's very much my thing. Look, I can disagree with them to my heart's content. I can have heated debates. And believe me, you, I have and I will. But I'm not going to start like insulting them or being rude or being passive aggressive. Like, you really, you really have to get under my skin for me to be passive aggressive. And the thing is, Mm -hmm. it's so funny because as Eva knows and as most people that listen to the show is, the show knows because I never shut the fuck up about it. I am a triple Sagittarius I am Sagittarius rising moon and Sagittarius are often seen as like very like quick to anger and very like like ones to hold grudges and I think that's the one thing about my chart that I think is completely untrue because it takes like it really really takes a lot for me to get angry and the thing is once I'm angry at you you know you've screwed up like it's very much like once I'm angry at you like I will not get angry at someone unless it's genuinely like justified and I know that what they did was completely wrong and it's very rare that I get angry at people on my own behalf it's generally more like you were a dickhead to my friends now I'm angry but like I like the thing is is that I don't I don't think treating people with basic human respect is fake Mm. like meeting fake is like going like Oh my god eva i'm so in love with you you're amazing and then turning around to like i don't know my cat or something and being like you know i hate eva like that's what fake means but i can be nice and professional and courteous and still say i disagree with this person in fact i'll say it to their face too but that doesn't mean i will treat them with any less respect
1: yeah and that's kind of my logic is that like if i don't like you you know i don't like you you know yeah. like you know why and we and we just like if I have a lot of people who I don't speak to anymore, um, because people move on and people grow up and people become distant and that's a fact of life. But like, there are people I don't speak to for specific reasons because the way that they treated me or the way that they act, I just find is, um, just wrong. And I don't really want to have that energy, or anything um, in my life because like I see if you are being nice to someone um, because you have a long history with them and you don't want to lose that and that's the only reason I, I see that as completely stupid I, I really do and like if they are a problematic person in your life you have you, you are fully in the right to just stop speaking to them you know um, I feel like a lot of the time especially in Ireland we value our friendships on time instead of, uh, quality and support. Um, and I'm glad that like within college, I definitely found my tribe. Um, I found my family, um, that I will hold on to probably for the rest of my life. Um, like thank God for college. I wouldn't have met Lucy, you know, um, and I wouldn't have met all these amazing people. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I do, I get the question is probably like, directed at like people i'm kind of distant with but like i i don't dislike anyone who i've grown distant from it's just that you know we don't really have um something that's like we have in common um that keeps us together i don't know something like that anyways next is some very good answer
0: um so so kind and you deserve the world i completely agree with this I
1: don't think I deserve the world. I do try to be very, I try to be like an older sister type to a lot of people. I, it's something that makes me very happy to see other people succeed. Um, I would say I'm very nurturing and forgiving by nature. I think I forgive too easily. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I doormat. <laughs> Lucy, is, Lucy is a thorn bush and I am the soft, fluffy doormat.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, there's still a rose there. So at least I'm gorgeous. Um, no, I joke. But the thing is, the amount of people in my life that I've had say to me, like, Eva is just such a comforting presence. I'm like, I cannot agree more. See, our friend Eva-
1: Saul nearly died in Lucy's yeah. house one time and he texted me and he was like, Lucy was scary the morning after, but you're really comforting. And I was like, I think it's because I'm kind of maternal. I'm like, they're there. It will be fine. I will get you water and a blanket and we're gonna talk out all your problems. And then I think that like you're just like you were just so
0: focused on cleaning everything. <laughs> See, I'm like when people are like drunk, I'm very like functional. Like I have this, like one of my rules in life is that I will care for people, I will look after them, I will be their friends, I will make sure all of my friends are, are safe, but I will never mother anyone. So a lot of I get that sometimes that like on nights out when people are really drunk, like I just snap into like functional mode rather mm-hmm. than like mothery mode. So I'm like, okay, we gotta clear this. I gotta ask them XYZ. I need to ask them this question, this question, this question. I need to make sure they're safe. I need to I'm very like straightforward. And a lot of people are like, Lucy, you were so scary last night. Like it was so funny <laughs> after that night. So I was like, you know, even was just so like comforting and yeah, I, th- I I thought I was being interrogated every time I spoke to you and I was like solid, <laughs> and, I'm so sorry um, like I was you know that meme of Nicki Minaj holding the
1: sobbing child I think that is my aura with drunk people I am like I'm gonna pull your life together for you and meanwhile you're actually there like doing pulling them like their functional life together and I pull their emotional life together while
0: they're drunk yeah, see the thing is, is that when people are drunk I I'm like I am very much, like, I will not, like, let them away. It's not that I'm, I'm, not that I'm cruel. I don't know how to word this properly. I love how (laughs) we're exposing Saul so much. No, I'm not. This Okay. Saul (laughs) aside, when people are drunk, I'm not indulgent to them. I am not, like, like, when someone's, like, sad, I will be very comforting of their emotions. Mm -hmm. I won't let them go. Nobody loves me. I'm, I'm so ugly. I'll be like, okay, bitch, you know, that's not true. You're sitting right here next to me. Obviously, there's someone that loves you. You know, I'm very, like, straightforward. I don't okay. indulge people in those things. Like, I'll say, I understand why you feel that way. I try very hard to be understanding. But when people are drunk, it's just a whole different world. Um, I can be quite scary. But anyway, I don't have a butt for that. I have no defence. I just can't be a little bit scary. You know, fair. Um... So anyway, next assumption. Okay. Your family hated the idea of your course and you had to fight to go.
1: That's actually very funny because my family actually didn't, my parents did not convince us about where I went to college as long as I was happy. Um, I suppose I wanted to change to English literature and history. And my mom was kind of adamant against that because she didn't really think that writing was a a stable career. Um, And it could be a stable career for me, pending on uh, a few uh, applications I've just made. Um, And she realizes that now. And I think she's kind of been like, well, you still did two years of economics. So like, you're, you're very, you know, you're employable. And I'm like, but business and, those kind of subjects shouldn't be the the be-all end-all in terms of employability um yeah I my parent my family didn't even really care that I got into trinity to be honest they just wanted me to be happy um and like thank god that like I've been the biggest uh push in terms of academics in my life like I'm the person who motivated myself like my parents just wanted me to be healthy happy and go to school and I was the one who was like, no, I, I need to get into Trinity. I need to get this many points. I need to do this subject to get this. Um, and I'm still the person who is like, I, I hold myself accountable um, in terms of work ethic and everything that I do uh, to the point where sometimes like I, I just I'm so overwhelmed because I, I have my own standards and I and I think the world's going to end if I don't hold myself and, and do them. Um, but yeah, no, I, that assumption is definitely
0: false because they, they I, I beg to differ. <laughs> no, I think that's quite a funny assumption because it's something I hear a lot. It is, it's genuinely a remark I get quite often, which is how did your parents let you do that degree? Like, how did, how did you convince your parents to let you do that? And I'm like, my parents are chill. They know I'm going to be unemployed regardless of what I do. <laughs> so they said I might as well do what I enjoy. And that's a mantra I stick to in life which is a very fair mantra I think
1: we'll, we'll move on to the the true or false thing and we got one major one and it was their Loki uh, loved the GAA and so I don't know about you but it is it is
0: true for me I'm gonna say it's like medium true for you but okay. like so fun fact about me in spite uh-huh. of what a lot of people may think I was actually quite sporty. Um, I'm not saying I was good at any of those sports or that I was in any way fit, but I was actually quite sporty. Um, I played um, Gaelic football for a good few years. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Like I love playing Gaelic football. I think it's a great game. But could you get me to watch a GAA match? Probably not. I mean, mm. I think they're great to look at, but it's just not my buzz. I mean, the height of it is I will watch a rugby match, Maybe because I feel like they can be interesting sometimes, but even at that, it's a bit of a push. Like, the thing is, is that like in secondary school, see, I come from like outside of Dublin, and I feel like GA inside Dublin versus GA outside of Dublin, different vibe. Like, GA in Dublin is just like a thing, people are very passionate about it, but it's just a thing outside of Dublin, it's like a fucking religion. Yeah. Like okay. it's a it's a literal cult. Like there is literally like I remember being in school and there was people who wouldn't talk to each other because they played for different clubs. Now obviously everyone wasn't like that. There was loads of people who played in different clubs and still spoke. But I knew people that were like, "Well, they play for a different parish. I'm hardly going to be friends with It's them.
1: like um the Capulets and Montagues almost. Like yeah. where a lot of GAA things and a lot of towns
0: I've noticed
1: in in the country because in dublin that rivalry isn't really there like there's a rivalry between clubs so it doesn't mean that people automatically hate each other because ultimately you go to the club that's going to suit you best and suit your skills best and people have a lot of loyalty to their clubs i think within the GAA. and i've never had that loyalty because like i i actually have never played i'm i'm good actually um at at camogie and um ga i think personally because i have a lot of hockey skills and I've continued to play tennis and things like that. So I have a lot of good hand eye coordination. Um,
0: I was horrible. <laughs> I mean, atrocious at camogie. I'm, I'm also and very when fast. They were to teach me, I took camogie classes. I was useless. And the coach would just look at me because they didn't want to be like, it was a nice coach, but like at the same time, they wanted to murder me. Yeah. And like, I remember, because my brother used to um, play hurling as well, which if you met my brother, quite playing unexpected. hurling is like. Quite unexpected. Um, I mean, I was, oh uh, I could drive him, but I'm not going to anyway. Um, but I remember when we were younger, he was trying to like teach me how to do stuff or to like how to play at all, like how to get a ball onto my stick. And I failed miserably every single time. I, I was just, so bad at it.
1: I mean like neither of my parents are like particularly sporty but I come from a family background that's like based in GAA, not GAA in athletics so like the Athletics Association and like we like my grandparents actually lived down the road from Crow Park so I had a lot of exposure to the GAA and like more like nationalistic GAA because I feel like that's what kind of got a lot of people in Dublin relating to the GAA more because it was more of a thing where you can speak Irish amongst each other um and stuff like that like it's a very like it's a cultural thing um and yeah like I mean I enjoy the 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 the, like going to a match in arc as much as the next person I think it's a great vibe and I think every time Dublin wins uh the football that's that's fun for us but (laughs) I I do think it's getting a little boring
0: I wish there was more of a challenge for it yes see the thing is like GA is not my vibe at all like I did play it enjoyed it loved it but it's not my vibe i wouldn't go too much like it's not my family's vibe either it was never really a thing for us um and my problem with gaa and like feel free to cancel me for this is that it's too like clicky it's far too clicky we, so, we idolize
1: the men the the dublin team and uh, the dublin team have this like special status within dublin about like they're like gods amongst regular men it's like the new york yankees i would say in comparison you know like the way that like they're like oh like if you got with the dublin player you're like the coolest person in the world and i just i see what you mean about the clicky thing because it's very much like uh, for some reason like especially girls are like oh aspire to date a player on a team it's like why is
0: that so impressive that wasn't that wasn't even what I was thinking of when I say clicky like and I was specifically thinking of the girls playing the sport like I wasn't even thinking oh true true there is a bit Um, of that hmm. the thing is is that I always wanted to go because I played I played um Gaelic when I was much younger and I really enjoyed it and I wanted to go back but I never felt comfortable enough because they were very much clicky and it wasn't it came to the point that they weren't playing and okay first of all I understand sports are competitive that's how they work but there seemed to be no enjoyment. And there was no way I could join late. I had, like, if I wasn't good enough, that's just it. You're not allowed to play on the team. You're not allowed to be part of the team. You're going to be shunned. There was a lot of that. Um, And in secondary school, like, the, the GAA people were very much a click. Like, and I mean, like, a click. Like, I don't even know if they liked each other. But, like, if you tried to break into that wall, better mm. luck next time. It
1: It is. And I feel like even within, like, I, I don't know what it is, but like within a lot of female clubs, there can almost be this like, well, you have to adhere to being one type of woman. You know, you have to be a sporty woman who is completely dedicated and you can't really be too girly and you can't really indulge in like certain things. And like, I don't know, it uh, I've, I definitely felt a disconnect when it came to signing up for different sports in school that because like I was a bit more feminine, um, you know, I just, and I was a bit more feminine in nature. I was really into makeup and really into like fashion and aesthetics. And it, I was kind of perceived as like one of, I remember someone said to me in, in and I think it was in fourth year, they're like, I thought you were more of a cheerleader type than someone who would go out and play sports. And that has really stuck with me in the really? throughout my life. Yeah. Because I was like, do I really come across as someone who's just like, not a team player or like particularly stro- like I'm very strong um okay if, like, I, know, and-
0: <laughs> I know the stereotype was not about like actual cheerleaders yeah but cheerleaders are so strong like, cheerleaders 100%. are fierce and like, yeah I was cheerleaders like... are fucking amazing and I, I think like, it was I definitely get... a negative connotation that they're trying to oh, fully. push oh, on me 100% no I get I get where you're coming from and I'm not dismissing your feelings at all yeah but I get so heated when it comes to cheerleading because the thing is right the reason cheerleading <laughs> sorry. isn't seen as sorry a it's just like i've I, never okay, expected I know, I'm, you I'm to say the phrase there's nothing you could do about it <laughs> i get so heated about cheerleading but no the only reason cheerleading isn't seen as an olympic sport is because it's seen as a sport for girls yeah whereas like it has the same merit as gymnastics like the thing is is that like you can be like oh but there's loads of sports that aren't in the olympics Skateboarding's now in the olympics but cheerleading isn't golf you know? is in the olympics golf golf i don't golf. Okay, i don't get golf i someone explain golf to me but, i mean i understand how it works but like someone explain how Ult- that is ultimate important. ultimate
1: frisbee i think discus is an olympic sport and cheerleading isn't
0: yeah yeah
1: things um, that
0: actually, make me think <laughs> i will make the distinction here that ultimate ultimate frisbee and discus are two very different things okay um,
1: I I don't know the difference I know that like it both involves some form of frisbee um
0: okay so a little (laughs) little um background information for anyone that doesn't know the difference between ultimate frisbee and discus so discus is basically like a weighted plate and like I okay backtracking again fun fact about me my granddad was um a decathlete I think if I'm not mistaken um and Fun fact, he was actually supposed to go to the Olympics, but it got cancelled because of the war. So it, it never happened. But I have a few of his discus, discuses, discuses, disguy. You know what I mean? And they are heavy motherfuckers. Like yeah. they are heavy motherfuckers. It's much more similar to, um, oh, what's the name of the one where they're just throwing a massive heavy ball? Oh, what is the name um, of that one? The, it's, it's not shot put, but it's It is thing- shot put. No, it oh, okay. is shot put. It's much more similar to like shot put and hammer throw than I'd say ultimate frisbee. Yeah. Ultimate frisbee. Well, well is it's literally... based on
1: the original like Olympic Games. Yeah.
0: Ultimate Frisbee so. is literally like Glorified Frisbee. Glorified Frisbee. I like it's good crack to play. It, and... It's frisbee, but you hit the frisbee off the floor. <laughs> it's frisbee, but more spicy. Um, but like discus is like you have to be fit to like be a discus player and by to the way and t- like, to lift and throw something at such volumes yeah is no like, like it's, it's insane like because the thing is I always thought like oh discus is so easy like that looks so light and then I lifted one of them and I was like never mind never mind I take it all back um but like I mean I think the Olympics is great I think at, at this point like every sport should just be in the Olympics I also would love <laughs> to see an Olympics where like drugs aren't banned and people are just like jacked as fuck like just going at it I think that would be fun too I'm sure
1: that exists in some capacity somewhere (laughs) like bodybuilding competitions or something are basically that but I I want I want the anti-Olympics the anti-Olympics oh my god no for actually pole dancing is in talks to become an Olympic sport
0: and I think rightfully so
1: See like there's some concerns because it's like is it exposing it to like further erasure because it was kind of founded by particularly women of color and sex workers and if we allow it to become an olympic sport will people who teach it erase the beginnings of it because like yeah. a lot of sports are um recognized as you know like you know we talk about the greek origins and we think it's really highly respected of things And we talk talk about like the Highland Games and like, especially like the links of Irish sports to mythology. And it's like, well, pole dancing is basically, it is gymnastics, dance, strength, you know, so many different things. And it requires so much training and dedication to become really good at it. And I was talking to the founder of the Irish Pole Dancing Academy the other week for an article. And she was saying how like, we have to be wary of how we're taught these things because when she was being taught, her fitness teacher was very much like, we're not strippers, we're not sex workers, we're wearing runners instead of stripper heels on a pole, which is like stupid because you don't get the same lift off the floor and you don't get the same grip on the pole. Like you, you're better off not wearing any shoe if you're gonna wear a runner. And she was like, and I just felt like, and like she, the owner of the Irish Pole Dancing Academy is not a, a sex worker. But she was like, I felt that if I wanted to be a sex worker, I couldn't take the class. And it's just really cool when you uh, when you look into the origins of sports because I feel like a lot of the time, if it's a male-dominated sport, we glorify it. Like, oh, my God, like, the origins of this are so cool. And then if it's a woman thing, we're
0: more likely to be like, oh, but it's not really a sport. Yeah, but, like, that's the same with cheerleading. Like, it's like, oh, well, that's a yeah. sport for girls. It's for girls. And the thing is that, like, The whole, like, and I could go off about this, like literally 90% of my skull study was like Judas Butler, like one of the leading queer theorists ever, writes really, really interesting stuff about women. But anyway, the thing is is that people are quick to dismiss sports, such as cheerleading, such as pole dancing. And you're correct. Like we need to be very careful that we don't gentrify it and remove it from its roots and recognize that these people created it and shouldn't be shamed for the fact that they are sex workers because there's Mm -hmm. so much of that. But it's like, we see it across society that because femininity is associated and it's drilled into us that femininity is weak. Femininity is the lack of masculinity and masculinity is strong and men are big and strong and are expected to be this way. And that's why we see like, even, even roles such as nurses aren't that well paid for the fact that it's a role associated with women. It's it's like yeah. that, Like it, it permeates through every aspect of society and it makes me so angry. Because the thing is, you don't realize it until someone points it out where you go oh shit like the reason these things are not as getting as much notoriety as maybe other things is because they're so associated with women Mm. and
1: it's every kind of thing that we, uh, we we really like diminish a lot of things that are associated with women as women because we we don't want to take up more space Um, then we have to and it's like I I brought this up on my page today when I was like oh you know I'm just thinking about like whenever we're on our periods and we kind of continue like our lives are as normal and we don't want to even talk about it with our female co-workers and it's like why are we expected to pretend that we are still glowing perfumed nor like like completely like in like fairy tale princess goddesses when we're dying on the inside like why isn't there like more facilities or sympathy or realization by society that like we can't be as productive for like a few days of the month because we naturally go through hormonal changes. And like, I just, I just feel even within sport and everything like that, I just feel there's a complete disregard for how women's bodies are and how they recuperate after like childbirth or pregnancy and everything it's just like that we have a long way to go and it's really interesting how like this conversation opened up from the one question like were you involved in sport and how automatically we were both like oh but our, our gender roles within sport kind of made us have a, a complicated relationship with it
0: yeah see the thing is is that and this is something i've debated a lot in essays and i know this is like we've gone off in a complete tangent but it's a tangent i'm happy to go on it's the thing I've debated a lot in essays. That the thing is, as a as society we live in, that's under a patriarchal structure. And I know everyone's going to be like, fuck, she's talking about the patriarchy. Well, look, well, like, it's the reality we live in. The system that we live in is built up off a patriarchal um hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that, yes, the patriarchy affects both men and women. And women. But the thing is... The reason the patriarchy affects men negatively is because anything that is associated with being feminine is seen as bad. So for example, expressing your emotions. That is seen as a girly thing, that is seen as bad. Hence the reason that a lot of men are completely unable to express their emotions or talk about their emotions. And that there is like high rates of like mental illness in men and there's high rates of male suicide. And it's because things like this, and I know I'm, I'm really diluting it. I'm diluting the conversation. Like there is like statistics and facts that do back this up, but it's because um, man and this, like if you want to like read up more on this, go read some Judith Butler. I couldn't recommend her anymore. But basically man is seen as like the, the status quo and mm-hmm. woman is seen as, is seen to denote the lack of so the mm-hmm. lack of masculinity. And the lack of masculinity is seen as bad. So anything associated with the feminine is inherently seen as bad. Hence why men are affected ne- negatively. Men are not affected negatively for the fact that they are men. They are affected neg- negatively for the fact that men aren't allowed to be seen in any womanly way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and no completely. Very, like, like, but, like, it,
1: but... like, we've talked about like how um like different words even regarding in like uh like anatomy and uh like medicine that regards women and medicinal practices how the words um reflect like reflect a lot of like women's issues like lunacy and the framing of like women going through hormonal changes like menopause are seen to be like the cause of madness and how there's so many things that we, we do have to learn about ourselves as a society before we even like, you know, truly dismantle um, all like patriarchal things. You know, um, there's so much that is just there and we don't really realize it. And I think a lot of people don't want to realize the, the origins of a lot of things are just inextricably linked to
0: the oppression of, women and and minorities, you know? Like, I think that's the thing is that um, intersectionality is so important in any like activist movement of any kind. Like, I think people don't see that one problem doesn't exist without the other. Like, and I see it a lot with a lot of climate change activists. Obviously not Mm. all, a lot of them are great and very much intersectional. But I see it where they're like, well, we have to focus on climate change. We can't focus on every problem. And I'm like, but you don't get it. They all work hand in hand. Mm. And like cl- climate activists have been criticized for not speaking out in certain matters such as Black Lives Matters, like things like that, LGBTQ plus rights. And their response has always been, well, we have to focus on this. We can't focus our in- energy and everything. And I think the thing is, is that yes, though you might be able to dedicate an equal amount of time to every single thing and that is not excusing their behavior in any way, shape or form, you have to understand that all of these things are connected. And it just makes it, oh, anyway, I could rant about this for years and years. I think it's best that we move on. It is.
1: I just, like, I am so proud of us for having, like, a year of these conversations, though. Like, we've been, like, obviously, like, we're re-recording this as the first episode because we feel this is a better representation of who we are because you can actually hear our voices. And, (laughs) like, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has supported us because we did not expect what we currently have um or well I didn't expect it I don't know if Lucy expected
0: it (laughs) imagine I was like yeah I obviously
1: expected it I expected more
0: actually I actually Um, I expected at this point we had eight million followers god we're such fucking
1: failures um (laughs) no we want to thank every single person because we have done such amazing things and it's only the beginning and we haven't even reached 50 episodes yet and I like I was panicking that we would never get our listenership up that we wouldn't get our follower count up, that we wouldn't be able to actually do what we want to do. And that's, that's talk and have these conversations, but that between two best friends that we just think are kind of relatable for a lot of people, because I don't think people really put out, because these are completely unedited conversations between me and Lucy. And they're a reflection of all of the conversations we do have when we're alone um maybe more inside jokes when we're alone but I do think that (laughs) I do think that we um we say a lot of things that maybe people don't want to say out loud um and maybe we were we're, like we're like realizing stuff
0: you know (laughs) we're like you like have thoughts and like think about things it's pretty crazy we're like we're like
1: thinking and like putting our subconsciousness on the internet and that's like kind of cool um, like, no, we're, we're, we're unafraid. Sexy. To- <laughs> we're sexy, but we also have thoughts. And, like, that's pretty revolutionary. Yeah. We're unafraid to talk. And I think uh, for a long time in my own life, I was afraid to talk and show people that I, I think and that I, you know, really like, I, I don't know why I was so scared of, of being someone who puts themselves out there but this this podcast has made me be able to put myself out there and to to talk about things that really matter to me um and i want to thank lucy for being able to listen to my bullshit every week <laughs> you me, even though she about. has
0: to speak to me <laughs> excuse me like <laughs> Eva like, is like, yeah, I'm coming forward like these real serious points. And I'm like, I do a drama degree. I can't count. Like, that's it. That's all I think. <laughs> me and Lucy did get the same maths grade in the leaving Cert So, like, take that as you will. <laughs> it was just a fluke. They couldn't count. I bamboozled them. I mean, them was, I it, me. was it a fluke for both of us? Or, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, wow, this bitch really can't count. And I couldn't count to the point that I actually got the answers right which is crazy.
1: Yeah, no, like, I, I don't know, I just, I just feel so much more reassured in when I do speak out, and I think this podcast has given me the confidence to write, and to, you know, expand what I do, um, yeah and I just want to thank everyone who listens on a regular basis because we get people who listen on uh, uh, Trinity FM every week and our listenership is growing on there too which is insane and then we the listenership on our stats is also growing and yeah it's just it's really nice to be referred to as people who um, are worth listening to you
0: know like All joking aside, as much as I love to, like, make jokes, like, oh, of course, why wouldn't, like, the whole universe not listen to us? Like, (laughs) all joking aside, it is quite crazy to me. And I know these numbers don't sound big by any means to anyone. But, like, consistently recently we've had, like, about, I I mean, I'd say about 15 to 25, like, listening in live every week. Mm -hmm. And then, like, four or five times that, listening into the podcast every week. And it doesn't sound like a lot. But for like two people, or okay, well, Evo Byrne and an absolute nobody. Um, shut up, shut up, Lucy Holmes. <laughs> it's 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 quite nice that people actually like are like shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back for more. Like people and sit just, there and listen to me. Say about-
1: so many nice things
0: about us, and
1: they say it's like having two friends in a room talking to you. And I and I love that that that's the experience that we're curating. You know, like we've but managed I- to create this.
0: I think the thing I love about this the most and I feel like everyone's going to be like well it's not true if you're saying it but the thing I love about this the most is that it's just me and Eva being me and Eva and like Eva did say it earlier like these are the conversations we have anyway like and you see you do see it a lot where it's like and I can see it in performance as well where they're on stage it's very much a performance and then they get off stage and they fucking hate each other. Now, obviously, this is just uh, a showman's me and Eva, or me and Eva, <laughs> just fun <bond laughs> each other. I'm sorry. Someone called Eva just texted me.
1: Um, oh my gosh! See, okay, friend- friendship over. I proved it. I proved it. Um, I have terminated so, my my friendship with Lucy Holmes.
0: Me and um, me and uh, the that woman that also speaks, uh, clearly hate each other. Um, I don't even have the respect to learn her name. It could be uh, Eve Everest. Thank you. you. Evangelista. Thank you. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. (laughs) (laughs) Not a word of a lie. Um, But no, it's so nice that like people, it's just like, it's so funny to me when people are like, oh, I listened to your podcast and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And the thing is that they enjoy it and like, but the thing is is that this is just how me and Eva are. So for someone to say like, oh, I really enjoy it is like, oh, you enjoy our presences and there's something really nice about that. But on the flip yeah. side, if someone's like, I don't like your podcast I'm like, well, fuck I'm a you. bad bitch. I'm a bad bitch. I don't care. Yeah, and like
1: even with this, it's been nice to just like talk about what you guys perceive of us and we definitely, like for the 50th episode, we'll definitely do a big fuck off Q&A about us and, and 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 chat about kind of like you know the the like not just like you know the 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 juicy questions that you want to ask us but like just like get reacquainted with us and learn about our lives because we share a lot but I at the same time I don't think like we've ever fully sat down and been like this is who I am this is what I do this is what I want to be you know um I don't think we've ever said it like you know uh, coherently and in those that the, the the set way I think we've we've alluded and rambled and and amused on different things but we've never actually like sat down and said well here's a CV of us get to know us
0: like in the conventional way
1: but yeah yeah it's crazy yeah. it's crazy <laughs>
0: um and it's crazy that people have listened to me talk shit for your straight. Well, actually, for the past like nineteen years of my life, people listen to me talk shit. I, but I at least nineteen people... instead of nineteen, and I was like, "Jesus, okay." Just Old soul Eva.
1: complex coming through.
0: <laughs> Eva, just because you're mortal doesn't mean we all are. Okay, get get over yourself. <laughs> um, but no, the past one nine years of my life. Um, but at least people can leave the room. Actually, I was no, that doesn't make sense because you can just turn off the podcast anyway (laughs) moving on because that was not a smart anything
1: yes moving on I like I don't know if we have like that much more to say for this one year episode I think we just had our wholesome heart to heart and we can let everyone drift off and like yeah I just I just feel so thankful you know that's it that's all I have to say just thank you and you know we're gonna try and like it's a new year and we're going to try and up our performance to the next level because we've, we've had a year well nearly a year's experience like recording at least away from the studio so you can imagine like what we're going to do when we next see each other
0: and be even the,
1: sexier the, exactly and the plans we have the everything we have is everything that we want to do is is bigger and better than last year so you know if, if this is the first episode you're listening to go and listen to um all of the panel episodes we've ever done go and listen to like any guest episode and you can see like this is what we love to do we love bringing people into our space and having conversations that need to be had and dear god i love it so much you know and also being sexy and also being sexy, being sexy and uh, being hot. And yeah, and you know, if you li- listen to us on a regular basis, you'll also become super hot because
0: we'll manifest it for you. Yeah, that's just that's just the rules. Like no one, like no one ugly has ever listened to the show. Like you listen to the show once, you're hot. That's the rules.
1: Exactly. I don't
0: make the rules, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, gosh. So do you want to yeah. sign off for us, Lucy, for our, for our one year special? Yeah.
0: I think so so happy one year thank you to everyone who's consistently listened I really really do appreciate it so this has been are you two in love or a whole year of are you two in love or I have been Lucy Holmes and Eva as always has been beautiful wonderful amazing Eva O'Byrne the love of my life yes I reveal it <laughs> one year later we are in love so thank you to everyone who's listened in thank you to everyone who's listened in for the past year who's given us their time who's led us seep into their lives um i promise we're not that much of a disease Uh, (laughs) um, oh one of these days i'll actually have like a serious conversation and everyone will be shook but yeah Mm -hmm. thank you all so so much
1: bye guys